Welcome to Finance with Factor, a place you can come to laugh and learn from local experts about everything related to the world of real estate. Each week we cover a unique topic to help you understand the mortgage industry, navigate the home buying process, and grow your business while maintaining a slice of sanity. Now that he has climbed safely atop his soapbox, here is your host, a senior loan officer with Mortgage Network, Jason Factor. Hello and welcome to another episode of Finance with Factor. Thank you very much for joining me. This is my annual Halloween special. So thank you for tuning in. Last year, we did scary stories where people called in with all kinds of scary, terrifying thoughts on real estate and experiences that they've had. This year, I want to do sort of the inverse of the call map, if you will. So if you think about some of those call maps, you close your eyes and you think of nice, relaxing ocean sounds. I like you to go along with me for a moment. Wherever you're listening, unless you're driving, close your eyes for a second. And I'm going to say two words that might scare you more than anything else. Mortgage, insurance. Most people hear mortgage and insurance, and that's scary enough. But then you put them together into mortgage insurance, and it's a truly terrifying concept. Today, I want to debunk some of those myths by bringing in a guest, Greg Korn of MGIC. Um, Greg is a mortgage insurance specialist. Um, and I want to pick his brain today on all the reasons that the idea of mortgage and insurance don't have to be so terrifying. So Greg, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks, Jason. Appreciate being here. <laughs> it's my pleasure. Before we get into sort of all the the content, uh, perhaps you'd like to share a little bit about yourself and what you do and why 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 you are our go-to mortgage insurance expert today. Sure. Appreciate it, Jason. Uh, I've been in this industry for 30 years, many of it on the same side of the desk uh, that you're sitting on today um, and cover from Pennsylvania all the way through Maine for MGIC. have a background in operations, sales, risk and compliance, uh, as well as secondary marketing. I was asked by MGIC to come on and manage the Northeast for them about five years ago. Uh, because I can relate with things you have to deal with every day that real estate agents have to deal with and really try to work to provide solutions to help more people realize the American dream, get them into that home, let them start building equity. Well, and if people thought that um, the majority of people listening to this are either home buyers, so the idea of mortgage and insurance together was terrifying for any of the realtors or lenders or attorneys out there, the word compliance should have really scared you. <laughs> certainly well, certainly true very important uh, have to protect borrowers at all times but uh you know some of the sins of the past uh need to be checked and balanced and uh we're in a much better position today and well, the cost on, uh honestly though yeah. sins of the past sins of the past is really why we are having this conversation right so explain what mortgage insurance is and why um well, let's start with just what is mortgage insurance? What does it do? Why do, yeah, why do banks make it uh, Sure. Uh, basically, when people started to buy homes uh, years, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, they didn't have an option to get a mortgage. They had to just pay cash or build the house themselves. And over the years, 65 years ago, uh, MGIC's founder, Max Carl, created mortgage insurance to help protect lenders 
for against borrower default. Uh, and they would ensure to protect the lender if a borrower didn't have 20% to put down. Think about uh, home price of $400,000 or thereabouts uh, today. Uh, if a per person had to put 20% down, they'd have to save $80,000. And a lender has to hold a lot more capital if they're going to lend a greater than 80% loan to value. Those are just banking rules, back to regulations and compliance, scary. Mm. Uh, and so mortgage insurance protects the lender and allows that borrower to get into a home sooner with a lower down payment. And so really what it's doing, the reason lenders make you take it out and, and make you take it out, like there are options to quote unquote, no MI options or lender paid MI options. I want to just debunk one thing. It's always there. It's just a question of how it's priced in. There is no such thing as as a free lunch in real estate. Like it's always in there somewhere. So if you hear a lender advertising with no MI or lender paid MI or you know, hey, if you put ten percent down, we waive the MI. I assure you, it's in the pricing somewhere. But um, what it what it's essentially doing is it's an insurance policy for the lender that if Jason defaults, they're still going to get their money and hedge against volatility in in the value of the home, correct? Correct. It actually uh, covers more than just the principal balance that a borrower is taking at a time. Uh, if a borrower runs into an unfortunate circumstance, maybe there's a loss of job or uh, health issues, et cetera, and they're not able to make their payments, uh, the process of foreclosure uh, takes place. And we never want to see that, sure. uh, but life happens and it does. When that foreclosure process takes place, in addition to the principal balance that owed, taxes on the property are still due, insurance for um, homeowners insurance, mm -hmm. uh, if it's in a flood zone, flood insurance, et cetera, continue to be due, um, as well as there's court fees and filing fees and lawyer's fees to go through that process. Uh, when a lender... Scary word, lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when a lender makes that mortgage to a borrower... Uh, they're taking on the risk of not only the principal balance or the amount of money that they give them to help them buy that home, but uh, they have to make that property whole to be able to sell it again and recoup some of those losses. Uh, what mortgage insurance does is it puts a first position if that borrower runs into one of those situations to cover a percentage of, of the total losses for the lender. And, and so I mentioned it's always there, even if you don't see it, quote unquote, Usually, it's actually built. The reason it's built into the rate is because that's the rate is just a, a calculation of risk to the lender. So, having mortgage insurance then should usually impact your rate, correct? Correct. Uh, matter of fact, the two largest purchasers of mortgages in the country, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, government uh, sponsored entities, um, actually provide a better price uh, for loans that are insured because there's less risk uh, to them as an institution. And so that's why sometimes it can, here's the crazy part, embrace the fear. It can actually make sense to get mortgage insurance, correct? Uh, it makes a lot of sense to get mortgage insurance and not just because that's what I sell for a living. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the, the, there's a lot to do when you're buying a home. And we talked earlier about why it was invented in the first place. But if you have to save up 20% to put down and Think about the market we've been in. Three years ago, you were saving up for a 20% down payment on that $400,000 house. That's $80,000. Uh, 
may take you five, six, seven years to come up with that $80,000. Well, if you had waited just three years, that same $400,000 house three years ago, maybe $500,000 today. Mm -hmm. And now it's $100,000 and you're even further away. Well, if you had used a mortgage insurance policy, purchased that house back then with the down payment you did have, you'd have realized that $100,000 gain in equity uh, just over that short time and be hopefully living in a sustainable home of your dreams. Well, and so let's let's dive into that for a moment. So the idea that it allows you to put less down. So we've been in a market over the past during the pandemic, it was a very cash heavy market. Um, buyers had a ton of cash. They weren't going out and spending money. You were seeing really competitive offers across the country where people were putting, you know, 50% down all cash offers, waiving contingencies, like just absolute, I mean, talk about scary stuff, like scary stuff as far as buyers are concerned. Um, you're starting to see, I, I'm speaking with a lot of financial advisors and borrowers that are now more hesitant to put larger down payments down because they're pulling that from invested funds. They might be pulling that from stock benefits. They might be pulling that from 401ks or, or other you know money market accounts. And they don't necessarily want to pull funds at a loss. They would rather keep as much in play as they can and wait for markets to recover. And therefore putting less down becomes a more attractive option in, in this type of environment. Um, so how does mortgage insurance sort of play into that overall picture and, and how can, um, how can buyers approach that sort of cost analysis? Yeah, there's a, a lot of different ways to do that. Obviously working with a, uh, a good mortgage advisor is the first step. Um, mortgage advisors can show and run scenarios with multiple scenarios to say, okay, if you're putting 20% down or 10% or 5%, there's a lot of unknowns. And especially with first time home buyers, cost of home ownership is more than your mortgage payment. Um, the average uh, U.S. consumer, this is average, it's a little higher in the Northeast, uh, spends over $13,000 in expenses after they buy that first home. That I'm could be things like right now. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it could be things like, uh, you know, curtains or shades or a lawnmower or trash cans. It adds up quickly. Um, maybe the uh, the green appliance in that house that you were able to find uh, doesn't quite uh, suit your needs of your of, of your guests and your your friends. And so you want that new stainless steel appliance. Well, it's easy to go in and spend money after you uh, after you buy that house. But if you'd put all of your savings to buy that house, you're now taking on more debt, more credit. Most rich puts... cash poor is the old exactly. Saying. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and the idea that you, you don't know, buy a house in a vacuum, like it, it needs to be part of your overall financial plan. And and so working with your advisor and and like I have one right now where we're I'm actually working with the advisor and we're trying to do exactly what you're talking about here. We're trying to balance all of that into the budget to be like, okay, at 20% down, at 18% down, at 17% down, at 15% down, like what does this realistically look like and how do we balance this to best benefit, like weigh the scales, if you will, and best benefit you to take out as little as we can while still qualifying. Yeah, yeah, and and as we mentioned earlier, uh, the risk is lower for a lender with less money down, actually, because they're insured. 
And so you could get a better rate for the 30-year term of the loan if you're doing a 30-year amortization. And the mortgage insurance stays on your loan, oh, if you're making your payments on time, generally for about uh, seven years, about eight, uh, about 84 months, depending on how much you're putting down. And so that goes away, but that rate, that lower rate stays with you for the life of your loan. So how how does it go away? Let's dive into that for a moment. A couple of different ways. Uh, the Homeowners Protection Act, federal law, requires that uh, based upon the original value, that's going to be the amount that you paid for the home or the appraised value, whichever is lower at the time of purchase. Um, is, when you reach um, 80% of that value, you can request that the lender cancel that uh, mortgage insurance. Mm-hmm. There's also cancellation under current value. That is not covered under Homeowners Protection Act, but it is um, done by majority of lenders under uh, single-family homes, owner-occupied properties, that if your current value is higher, you can reach out to your lender in writing and request that they cancel that mortgage insurance. They will require you to prove that the value is actually there. And depending on how long you've held that mortgage within the first five years, generally they're looking to see you have about 25% equity, after five years, they're looking uh, to see you have about 22% uh, equity. And so that equity gain can be, my neighbor just sold a home for 800. I bought mine for seven. I put 10% down. I should probably be pretty close right now then if we have similar homes. It could be as simple as, hey, I bought this $200,000 condo. We put a new kitchen in it. We redid all the floors and updated the bathroom. We think it's worth you know, 250 now and then calling the lender and having them come out and appraise it. Yes, that's exactly right. Um, and something you just said, and we can get into this if, you, if you'd if like, but uh, you know, the borrower that goes out and buys that $200,000 condo and then redoes the kitchen and the floors and the bathroom, uh, a lot of times uh, they're having to figure out where the money is gonna come mm-hmm. from to do all those repairs. Uh, a great option for borrowers is to figure out what they want to do to the property and plan that in right up front. 100%. It's called the Purchase Plus Improvement Loan, and those are insurable as well. And you can actually use the future value based on an appraisal of what the property be worth after those repairs are made to get your loan to value. Um, and, and when you do all of these calculations, one thing that that I know I look at a lot that I'd love to pick your brain on is the idea that um, the monthly versus the single premium. So let's, I guess, let's define that. Um, what do I mean by monthly and what do I mean by single premium mortgage insurance? And monthly mortgage insurance is a premium that's paid for every single month as part of your mortgage payment. And that uh, is how the lender is paying us or another mortgage insurer to give them that protection. A single mortgage insurance premium is a lump sum paid up front to protect that policy for, in many cases, the life of the loan. And they both have advantages uh, and disadvantages. One of the big advantages of monthly is it's a small incremental cost that's already included in your mortgage payment and it can be canceled. One of the advantages of single premium is it lowers your monthly payment uh, because you're either financing or paying that upfront. Or if you're in a market where you can get a seller concession or builder concession, you can Mm -hmm. sometimes even get the seller or builder to pay for that premium for you. Yep. 
And now typically, I, I will say a few things on that too. So um, the idea of the single premium mortgage insurance, there are a couple of things to keep in mind on that. And that is your rate of return. So taking a look at how much does it cost? Um, where, where do I break even? What are my goals for the home? How long am I realistically in this particular loan? So in an environment where rates are higher than maybe you would like or expect, maybe the single premium isn't always your best option because ideally you're probably going to refinance out of that loan in the near future and or or whenever. And you, that would be sort of like lost cost. So you might be better off putting that lender credit or seller credit instead of against the mortgage insurance, putting that to the actual interest rate and then letting that ride in, in that sort of way. So like there are multiple ways to do it. The key is always to know all, I always think of lending as a menu. And so, cause I'm a fat kid that loves food. Um, and so, <laughs> and so like, I always think of like the cheesecake factory and like all this huge menu um, with all the ads in it and everything, but like know all your menu items, know all your options so that you can find the one that best fits to not only your home, but your actual financing plan and, and overall structure. Um, and, and when you talk about the single premium that can be paid by a variety of ways, you mentioned credits and things like that, but basically it's, either correct me if I'm wrong here, the, the buyer can pay it up front at closing. We can finance that into the loan amount. So that's where you hear things like lender paid MI. Um, or you can actually, um, as you said, use a seller credit to pay for it. Are there other ways that those are pretty much the three key ways, right? Uh, and builder credits as well. Builder credit, correct. Yeah. As a lender, builder credit, seller credit, they're all the seller yep. costs. <laughs> um, so Very true. The, I was the just going to say on on, yeah. on your food uh, food analogy um, and building the menu. Uh, if you think about it, uh, like uh, you know, there's a saying out there: uh, "Marry the house, date the rate." And if you think about a buffet, just because when you're buying this house, oh well, the shrimp looks really good, and you go up to the buffet and you have that shrimp. Well, the nice thing about mortgages is you can refinance. You can go back up that buffet get the filet afterward and enjoy. And so I really like that analogy you use as a menu. It's um, it works in a lot of ways in the lending world. <laughs> um, uh, I, I can get into, I can get into more analogies and, and pizza and things later because I, I use it a lot. Um, but one of the ways that, that I have leveraged mortgage insurance in the past, and I think maybe even coming up again in the future um, is also when it comes to um, to appraisals. And that's where that single premium MI can come in really helpful uh, or as a really helpful tool. Can you walk through how mortgage insurance can often help in a situation where maybe the home didn't quite appraise? Uh, certainly. Uh, overcoming uh, low appraisals or appraisal gap issues is something that we've experienced a tremendous amount over the past three years. You mentioned bidding wars and uh, high appreciation. If you think about it, we'll just use some rough numbers uh, to make it easy. You're buying a house for $400,000 and you're putting that 20% down. Now uh, you're financing $320,000. Well, if the house that you're buying for four hundred dollars appraises for three fifty, dollars not only do you have to put that 20% down, but you have to put the $50,000 difference down. Mm. Uh, rather than the 20% down at that point, you could still keep that original mortgage at 320000 
and get a single premium mortgage insurance. Instead of coming up with $50,000 on top of your down payment, you'd have to just come up with the cost of the of the single premium mortgage insurance policy. Or finance that even into the loan amount. Finance it into the loan amount, or it's much easier, you know, back to that same numbers, $400,000 house that appraised for three fifty. dollars It's going to be really difficult to get a seller to give you a concession of $50,000. They might concede to covering a portion of the mortgage insurance if it was $2,000, dollars $3,000 because mm-hmm. they're motivated to get into their new home as well. Yep. And realistically, like the appraisal is the appraisal. It's going to be the same or maybe even worse in the future. So like that's a risk they're probably not willing to take. Yeah. And time costs money. And so yep. uh, finding that new buyer, they could have the same issue uh, or other issues. Um, when it comes to that appraisal gap thing too, is there, uh, I find kind of 18% generally when you're putting instead of 20% down 18%, those numbers tend to line up pretty closely. Um, do you find that as well? That like there are certain sort of like breaking points in, in many loans where the monthlies actually net out pretty similar? It's very interesting uh, you, you bring that up. It, it's, it, there's so much that depends on the strength of an individual borrower when it of comes course. to that percentage. Um, a borrower with tremendous amount, uh, tremendous FICO score or credit history is going to be in a better position because there's less risk uh, than a borrower that has uh, a lower FICO score or maybe has some payment issues. I would suggest that the best thing to do um, is to prepare for it up front, be proactive, whether you're a realtor or a borrower, go into the house, ask your uh, mortgage planner, well, what if I offer $400,000 and this house appraises at three fifty? Can you give me some numbers? Show me how this works. Because a nice advantage, uh, you mentioned sellers having to put 50% down to get their offers accepted in the past couple of years. I think we're coming out of that a little bit right now. Mm-hmm. But if you work with your mortgage planner in advance, you can actually come up with a plan to make an offer to say, I'm going to pay $400,000 for this house, and it only needs to appraise for $350,000. Takes that fear off the table. 100%. Speaking of Halloween. Yep. And, and honestly, that was going to be one of my next questions, too, is so this all sounds like cotton candy. Why was it so scary? Um, you know, uh, why, why do my, my parents and grandparents tell me to avoid PMI at all costs? Uh, a big reason for that is the cost of private mortgage insurance was a lot higher in the past. Uh, and so it was set in stone. There wasn't as many factors that were looked at when making, uh, the insurance, uh, premium amounts. And over the past uh, 10 to 15 years, the cost of the mortgage insurance has come down. If you remember back uh, years ago in our industry, people would take a second mortgage out in addition to their first mortgage to avoid private mortgage insurance. Mm -hmm. And uh, that is no longer a viable option for customers. If you ran the numbers, second mortgages would be much more expensive and put the lenders in a worse position and the borrower in a different uh, worse position. Cost of mortgage insurance for qualified borrowers is really low and makes a lot of sense for them to utilize to get into those homes. Yep. And, and I think to me, that's sort of the the key takeaway is like you, I, I often find the biggest objectors to 
to mortgage insurance are people that the last home they bought was 15 to 20 years ago, right before a lot of this pricing started to change. That said, there are still some clients where I'm like, we need to stay out of PMI at all costs. What are some of the risk variables that go into pricing mortgage insurance that may make some of these options we've discussed more or less attractive? Well, there's only about a hundred and twenty-four various uh, risk <laughs> factors that are looked at, so we won't go into all. But I'll go well, into. Well, thank some you. Of those, that would uh, that would be terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely scary. And uh, um, we, we, things that are looked at is the FICO score we mentioned earlier, the credit mm-hmm. score of that borrower. Uh, what is their uh, likelihood to repay based upon other credit they've had? Uh, are they a first-time buyer? Have they ever experienced this um, type type of debt? A lot of times, it's the biggest purchase a consumer will ever make, and maybe they've had a car loan uh, for sixty thousand dollars, but a six hundred thousand dollar mortgage carries a lot more weight. Uh, they look at actually things like: Are you uh, an individual borrower? Are there two borrowers? And mm-hmm. might ask, well, why would two borrowers be less risky than one? Well. One borrower may lose their job, the other one may still be working. And yep. so there's still the ability for that lender to uh, to get repaid. The amount down, whether it's 5%, 3%, 10%, 15%, that comes into play. Is a borrower but it tends to move in certain increments, correct? It tends to move in those 5% increments? Correct. 3%, 5%, 10%, 15% uh, is the big difference. Um And so mortgage insurance, that's it, just to break that down for a second. So mortgage insurance at 15% down is going to price the same as at, say, 18% down. So sometimes in in that mortgage math that we were talking about before, sometimes it does make sense. You see a lot of times people are like, well, I'm going to put $50,000 down. It's a round number. Sometimes playing with the number to get it to one of those breaking point percentages and then evaluating what it looks like in between can add a lot of value to the home buyer as well. Oh, very true. Uh, Another big factor is uh, what we call debt to income ratios. And that's the amount of money that a borrower earns versus what their mortgage payment is going to be and what their total obligations are. Um, The higher those ratios, the more risk uh, for a borrower not being able to repay. So the costlier the mortgage insurance the more well-qualified a borrower is to be able to make those payments, uh, the lower the interest rate would be. So uh, we look self-employed versus yep. uh, W-2 uh, and on and on. But the, the major factors are the FICO score, the LTV, and the debt-to-income ratios. And so kind of taking all of that stuff into account and doing, you know, to get back to our menu, like the way to make this less scary is to know your options, right? Like in the end, information is that... The scariest thing is the shadow until you turn the lights on, right? So like the idea of let's get all the information and make this less scary. Um, we've spoken about mortgage insurance more from the realtor and the buyer's perspective in terms of the, the buy side. What about the sell side? When you see an offer come in, the idea is, well, the more they're putting down, the better qualified they are. Um, what would sort of be your message to the the listing agent out there that sees an offer come in with five or 10% down, what are some of the questions that in your mind they should be asking when they call the lender to make sure that this is a good client? Yeah. I mean, I would actually um, say that uh, people that a lot of times people that were making those 
50%, 75% all cash offers were actually getting financing. Um, and they were just uh, keeping that from the lender uh, or from the realtor. The ability, the most important thing for a real estate professional when they have that um, buyer uh, locked in is 25% of contracts that are delayed are due to issues obtaining financing. 20% of, of uh, contracts that are terminated are because of issues related to obtaining financing. So working with a mortgage planner that knows what they're doing, that presents the options, and that pre-qualifies the borrowers, that looks at their income, their assets uh, ahead of time, is the safest way. So whether the borrower is putting 5% down or putting 50% down, pre-qualification or pre-approval is the best step that a realtor can take to protect that sale. And I, I remember having this conversation with my dad when he was buying. He was like, well, well, what if we what if we add X, Y, and Z? And should I show this? And I was like, no, there's no such thing as super qualified. It's pretty binary. Like in <laughs> 5%, 10%, 20%, 50%, if you're approved, you're approved. Like we're we're good to go. So that that to me is what I always try to convey to sellers too when when I speak with the listing agent is sort of, yeah, we're putting this down, but here's why we're putting this down, right? Like we did all the math, Greg and I went through, here are all the options that that he has and he decided to do 5% down and here's why. Um, and and sometimes even, particularly on those five or 10% downs, I'll even show proof of funds to be like, yeah, they could put 20, they, they don't want to and here's why. And sometimes building out that context can be really helpful as well. Oh, very true. Uh, and as you mentioned earlier in the call, if uh, you're going to be pulling that money out from a 401k or from uh, other type of uh, investments, you are be pulling it out currently at a low point in the market. Well, let's hope it's a low point, but certainly lower than it was <laughs> last year. Uh, that's scary. Uh, that might be yep. a nightmare uh, for, for some. Uh, but taking those assets uh, away uh, hurt the hurt the borrower and doesn't, mm -hmm. And as you mentioned, doesn't give them a chance to regain some of uh, the market correction. Correct. And and to me, that's that's my takeaway from from all of this conversation is just sort of knowing the options and I guess communicating them clearly can make a lot of this less scary. Um, I was I was joking with someone before. <laughs> someone called uh, on an introduction email. The the person described me as mortgage man. And I was like, that sounds like the world's worst superhero. <laughs> like, like, and I was joking with a, an insurance agent. I was like, uh, I was like, the two of us could just show up and bore them to death, I guess. Like mortgage man and insurance man show up and just terrify people with paperwork. Um, but it doesn't have to be so scary. Like with, these can be good tools in your toolbox if you leverage them correctly. You know, don't try to hammer with a screwdriver. It won't always work. Very true. I like to use, you know, you're buying this home and you may live in that home for 10 years, 30 years, 50 years. You may pass it down through your through your family. Um, don't make the decision when you're purchasing this home on a two second online application. Talk to a mortgage planner professional, get the options. They're going to provide all of the options that are available to you if they're a good mortgage planner. And you may be surprised uh, at the options that are available to you. Well, thank you, Greg, for taking the time to kind of work through some of the dictionary and and definitions and things that I think most, particularly first-time home buyers and realtors, find particularly scary around the topic. Um, so thank you for for shining a light on them. And and hopefully, if you're listening out there, 
all of this seems a little less scary to you today than it did uh, before you started to push play. Um, Greg, do, do you have a, a closing thought or, or takeaway that that you have for folks before we sign off? I would just say, uh, you know, it's Halloween, trick or treat. Mortgage insurance isn't a trick. Make sure you talk to a mortgage planner and get your treat. I deeply appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, I look forward to chatting with everyone again next week. Have a wonderful day. Perfect. Stay safe. And uh, thanks, Greg, for, for chiming in. Thanks, Jason. Thank you for listening to this episode of Finance with Factor. Please remember to like, rate, share, and subscribe. Then if you really like us, unsubscribe and resubscribe again. Of course, that can be our secret, but it helps our ratings. Have an idea for an upcoming topic you want us to cover? Post a comment. For the full video version of this episode or any of our previous episodes, please find, like, and follow Jason on YouTube or Facebook at Jason Factor Mortgage Network and on Instagram at Finance with Factor. All content on Finance with Factor is self-published by Jason Factor, Senior Loan Officer, NMLS number 1401985. All rates, guidelines, and advice discussed on this episode is subject to change. For a full list of disclosures, visit the License and Disclosure page at jasonfactor.com.